Good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rebel News Daily live stream. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and my co-host in Calgary is Adam Sos. Adam, how's it going? It is going wonderful. I'll put aside the massive snowfall that has uh, uh, come upon us outside. I'm just going to pretend that's not out there. Hopefully it's melted by the time the stream is done, but this isn't a weather show. So all in all, I'm pretty darn good. Yeah, the weather is terrible. I think it was minus two or something this morning um, when my kids caught the school bus. Adam, it was, and I'm not a biologist, but it was Mother's Day yesterday or Chest Feeders Day or... I was about to say Happy Mother's Day, Sheila. Person's name, Birthing Person's Day. Thanks very much. What did you do for Mother's Day for Lady Sos? So we had, uh, we actually had like our families over, all the moms, grandmas, the whole shebang. And we had uh, like sort of a high tea affair. Caroline decked everything out so nicely. It was very fancy. She realistically did most of the work, but she kind of wanted to do so. I, I just, <laughs> I just enjoyed the food. And, uh, but the kids, the kids worked on some stuff for it. It was very nice. How about yourself? Uh, I was sort of in transit yesterday um, because we I was at the Democracy Fund student journalism uh, conference over the weekend and part of last week. So um, I got home kind of late. However, the uh, the kids had some stuff for me and, you know, I'm kind of a, I don't know, every day is Mother's Day around here. Um, so Mother to all of us. It, it, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the rebel mom. Um, so it was, it was pretty low key. I just sort of came in the door well after supper, sort of at bedtime, and they were sort mm -hmm. of waiting up for me. So that was fun. But uh, we should tell everybody what we're doing here today because um, yeah. the folks at CBC, they are terrible, and you can't even have Mother's Day without them shoehorning social justice nonsense and critical race theory and critical gender theory into it. Um, yeah. They ruin everything. They truly ruin everything. But before we get to that, let's quickly uh, knock off what we're doing here today. This is the Rebel News Daily live stream. Um, we host it on Mondays, Adam and I, it's sort of an Alberta centric show, but we talk about mm -hmm. things from all across the country and all around the world, but you will get some pretty heavy Jason Kenny content on yeah. Mondays and <laughs> you can watch us on YouTube, but I know based on the lineup of topics we have out of the corner of my eye that we will have to say au revoir to our YouTube friends or not au revoir, but see you in a minute, YouTube friends over on one of the other platforms because you yes that we can't <laughs> talk about everything on youtube if we talk about all the things we want to talk about they'll just kill our youtube channel and we don't want to do that there's 1.6 million pairs of eyes watching us over there so we will encourage you if you're watching us on youtube to join us on a getter but if you want to support the work that we do and interact with us, might I suggest joining us on Rumble, where you can leave us a Rumble rant. That's your paid chat. And if you send us one of those, we'll read it on air. Odyssey is called a hyper chat. There's a couple different ways you can send those. Again, that's their paid chat. And we will do our best to read your paid chat on air. And Super You, you can send us a Super You shout. That's their paid chat. So if you want to have your say and uh, provide us your viewer feedback, unlike what the mainstream media does, they just turn off the comments. They don't want to hear from you. They'll take your money, fine and dandy, but they don't want to hear from you. So if you want to interact with us and tell the world what's on your mind, that's the best way to do it. So let's move directly into CBC being terrible because um, yeah. they just are. Olivia, can you bring up this article? It's just garbage. So mm -hmm. Mother's Day, Natasha Steer for CBC opinion. Did you know that I once wrote an article for CBC's opinion section 
they never had me back because it was about free, the free press. Anyway, it's yeah. a long story. Oh, <laughs> man. had a moment where they're like, let's have a diversity of viewpoints on our opinion uh, spot. Like, let's reflect no. um, Canada for a minute since we're the national broadcaster, state broadcaster. Um, I was on there once and the lefties lost their mind. They complained to CBC and they never had me back. I was in their safe space. They didn't like it. Um, and ironically, it was about, you know, like letting people with different viewpoints do journalism. Yeah. <laughs> so it was perfect that they were like, no, you can't. Fittingly, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little on the nose for CBC. Anyways, this article is the worst. On Mother's Day, let's celebrate all mothers, not just mothers with male partners. You do I didn't know. Sort of. The, <laughs> I didn't know it was called Mothers with Male, male Partners Day, though. Like you do need a in. biological male partner at some point, though, to have a baby. I'm not a biologist, as uh, they say in the United States, but that's kind of how it works. Whether or not your feelings say something else, the biology says you kind of need a. There's got to be a dude in the mix there. Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. That's a very antiquated notion. You have to get with the times. There's great leaps forward in technology. <laughs> no, yeah, you are. You are biologically. Uh, and and scientifically correct, uh, to much to the chagrin yeah. of the folks writing these types of articles. It's harmful when the focus is on women's relationship to men instead of their relationship to their children. Uh, that already annoys me because the most important relationship in your household, if you are a parent, mm -hmm. is actually to your partner in parenting. Um, you're modeling to your children like that relationship is so important because you're modeling to your children yeah. how to go out and have a healthy productive uh fulfilling relationship when they are older you want to make sure that you're modeling that for them and like the core issue with this article is and we're going to talk at length about what you're talking about what they're attacking fundamentally but it's just the latest and the cbc's and justin trudeau's and whoever else is looking for something that isn't there like mother's day is is like we we make a big fuss about sort of the kids doing something for mom i might be like go get yourself something nice or i might get flowers or something like that as the husband yeah but the emphasis is on the sort of kid mom relationship and it is called mother's day it's not called wives day um i think right. most people probably in their life if they have someone who is a single mother they're probably going to go out of their way to do something nice for them as well Th this is like a response to a manufactured crisis that isn't there like mother's day yeah. is not about it's not your anniversary it's mother's day that's what it is yeah, you're, is, you're arguing with something that isn't there yeah this is a complaint in search of a problem that doesn't yeah. exist and then it goes on naturally. And I have opinions about this because I was a single mom, a very young single mom. Um, I raised my son on my own till he was seven. So um, I've got opinions about this. Uh, she goes on to write, I've always been empowered by my single lone motherhood. Mm. Deliberately raising my son as a feminist, both at home and abroad, taking him to visit his fifth country at the age 50th. of 15 50th so deliberately raising my son as a feminist is deliberately depriving him of a father that's what my that's how i read that deliberately depriving him uh, as a father the world doesn't see a female-headed household as empowering 
However, as Rebecca Solnit notes in The Mother of All Questions, Mm -hmm. too many in this society are entrenched in the devout belief that there's something magically awesome for children about the heterosexual two-parent household. It's not magical. It's called psychology. It's called psychology. Development. statistically sound. We talked about this before. Kids who do not grow up in a two-parent household where mom and dad are both there, they statistically do worse off in every single category. So shame on people who purposefully choose to bring a child into the world that way. I, I, it's, you're, you're playing against the odds, and I yeah. don't think you should gamble with somebody else's life. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing with this whole, like, there's no such thing as gender unless you're becoming the opposite gender. Then you have to become a sort of poster child of the opposite gender. Um, the, the fact is, is that there are, there are gender genders in the world, male and female, and whether you call them constructs or not, they exist. And, and part of the sort of evolutionary psychological process of children becoming adults is them mirroring both masculine and feminine. So whether it's a little boy or a little girl, they're going to mirror and look for those traits in other people. So there, there's no denying the outcomes of having heterosexual parents there and they're more positive. There's a reduced, uh, even you can look at something so dire as like the rate of uh, fatherless homes and incarceration. Uh, in, yep. in, and it's not just and in the United States. It's, it's everywhere. It's across the board. Yeah. Yeah. It's across the board. So, but yeah, no, just, just deny that. Um, because you want to make your point to a problem that doesn't exist. You're going to spread this as I'm going to use the Justin Trudeau term, disinformation, misinformation, um, and lead people down a path thinking that this is, uh, not at all harmful towards children. It can be. And to be clear, and you're you're a person who can speak to this with more authority than I certainly can, I think among my sort of uh, conservative friends, I don't think there's anyone who has more sort of admiration and respect for single mothers who do that, because that's an incredible feat. Um, so not to disparage people who are doing that, or single fathers, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, this is not a shot against those people, because they're, they're taking on, if they're doing a good job, sort of both of those roles. Um, I've seen very many uh, single mothers, single fathers who have to sort of emulate both roles in order to fulfill and provide a healthy upbringing for their children. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to be in that situation, but it's another thing to purposefully choose it as mm-hmm. the way that you plan to do this because it's what you want. Yeah. You know, that seems like the wrong reason to be entering into parenthood. And I, I was a single mom for seven years. I had my son when I was 19. Um, and so I've lived both sides of this, and I know it mm-hmm. is infin- infinitely better. Um, for yeah. the kids to, and for the mom to have yeah. a dad in the household. But also, I grew up this way. I am the child of a widow. My dad didn't leave us. He died. And so I know what it's like to have have a dad in the house. And then all of a sudden, he's not there. And I know what that was like for my mom. I know the change that it was for us as kids that all of a sudden you're in this stable household and then all of a sudden you're not. And, and, you know, there's only so many hours in a day, but I just, this woman, you know, and then it's, the not, 50 always, countries. it's not always about you and the 50 no. countries. Oh, she's oh, very privileged by the way. Yeah. She's very privileged. Yeah. She took there. Fine. You were able to take your kid to 50 countries by the time he was 15. You are not the average single mother. Yeah. By the way, you're not the 19-year-old Sheila single mother. Um, 
so this is like a fairy tale that she's projecting here. This is not a good idea to do yeah. what she's done here because you don't get the fairy tale or maybe yeah. you get the fairy tale, but your kid sure doesn't. I just, no. and the, I don't know. This is just, by the way, why do we, every mother's day, there's one of these stupid articles about, yeah. Oh, you know, what about us mothers without fathers? My mother didn't have a yeah. husband. Happy mother's day. It, That's what about happy it. Happy <laughs> mother's day. Yeah, My son yeah. would bring me his little Mother's Day card home from kindergarten. It wasn't like, oh, okay, well, this is only about the patriarchy. I never even thought that way. What kind of crazy no. person thinks that way? Well, I, I mean, there, it's likewise with Father's Day. I didn't have a dad, but yeah. Father's Day was like, okay, well, I'll just make a mom a card for my mom and thank your, her for doing all the extra things she had to do. It wasn't like I was like, oh, you know, you're leaving my mom out of the equation. I never, ever felt that way. These people find offense in everything. And, like, there, there's a way to make a point. For example, I'm, I'm reminded of an article. I think this was quite a few years back. Um, but there was a son who was really sad. He couldn't go to, like, a father-son picnic. So the mom kind of jokingly strapped on overalls and a mustache and just took the kid. And she wasn't making a point. Yeah. She's just like kind of, I'll be out. Yeah. Oh, you want to go to the father's and picnic? I'll toss on a mustache. It was like, okay, cool. It's incredible. The things single mothers can do for their families. No one took it as a mom's can't do anything. She's like, well, my kid wants to go. I'm going to do something. That's a way you can make a point or say, listen, there's single mothers out here. Maybe keep us in mind without just complaining from a position of privilege. Uh, I took my, I'm a single, a willing, deliberate single mother. I took my son to fit like, this is so Laurentian CBC. Like I, I can do this and blah, blah, blah. Talk about condescending to those mothers out there who don't have that privilege, um, who yeah. don't have that and are struggling and would love to have someone to be there to help them. Um, the other thing too that that's absolutely astounding is most of the, many of these people profess to be these like sort of agnostic, atheist, uh, modern scientific minded folks. Well, I mean, if you're not aware of the pattern of human evolution in history, um, there's been a bit of a pattern of sort of uh, uh, two heterosexual parents. And when you suddenly depart from your entire history and how things have been done, whether that be communally or li literally the two parents being most intimately related, all of a sudden in the last like 20 years, we're like, we're better than all of human history and we know better and we don't look to any of those patterns. Um, my wife was actually talking about, this is a, an interesting article in relation to Mother's Day, um, patterning from uh, like, like sort of indigenous communities or more remote communities that aren't just being battered with uh, uh, this sort of advice where one, where one generation you have to sleep them on their stomach, the next generation you have to sleep them on their back. Um, they just have this consistency right. and these patterns and they aren't flipping day by day based on the latest tweet as to how to raise their families. They're actually sticking within their traditions and their customs. And in many cases, uh, it, obviously there are some concerns with them not having access to modern medical technology and that can cause some problems. But overall, there's these patterns of success where things that we determine in the long term are more beneficial, they've been doing all along because instead of listening to some expert it's what their family's done for a thousand years yeah there's a, these experts say articles um mm -hmm. you know those are the same people who told you who tell you not to eat meat to you know spent years telling you to eat eat you know low fat and then that is yeah. you know not great for you as it turns out and eating low fat means eating higher sugar and it's just a nightmare just i think it's matt walsh but also jordan peterson always says you know don't discount 
all the knowledge that came before you. Maybe mm -hmm. they know something you don't know. You know, they're, I think, I think the, maybe I think you don't the realize the that reason. Also. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you don't realize the reason yeah. they're doing it. They've yeah. solved a problem you may never encounter and don't even know exists. Mm -hmm. So maybe don't change everything. I guess that's why I'm a conservative. Yeah, you just find it pretty conserve. well. Conserve. I'm conserving. Yeah. Um, now, let's move into, while we're still on the topic of families, um, I guess in Ontario, they have a provincial election campaign kicking off. And as usual, the Liberals are insane. Yep. And Stephen Del Duca, the Ontario Liberal leader, this is from um, our head of video, Efron. He found this clip over the weekend. He promises to make COVID vaccines not just recommended, mandatory to enroll your kids five and over into public schools. Why don't we roll this uh, clip? And then, Adam, I'm sure you're full of reactions. So today I'm here to announce that if elected, Ontario Liberals will make the COVID-19 vaccine for kids part of the universal roster of vaccines that are required for kids to attend publicly funded schools right across the province of Ontario. Lackluster. He looks like the uh, Geico Gecko, by the way. And I don't mean that. I just, I'm not saying that to be mean. That's just the first thing. <laughs> the lick. The I, lip, yeah. Yeah. The lick yeah. Lip, that, that. yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I joked when I retweeted this, that this is a, an aggressive advertisement campaign for, uh, for homeschooling. Um, but a, as a mother, let's go to you first. What's your reaction to this? When, when mama bear hears this from, from a government official that they're going to come after your kids in this way. I look at this and I say, who the hell does this guy think he is? Who the hell does he think he is? That he gets to decide what medical procedures my children get. He doesn't yeah. know me. He doesn't know my kids. These people don't honor medical exemptions, almost never. And why do you need one anyway? This, yeah. uh, Besides the fact that there are questions around efficacy, and I'm going to dance around this topic so that we can stay on YouTube a little bit longer mm -hmm. today. But... Besides the question of efficacies, what about parents' rights? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's just the, and this is not me, this is me actually heralding and echoing the official talking points from health officials. But if you look at the, the sort of serious outcomes from COVID-19 for those under the age of uh, 18, I think we're looking at, is it 32 incidents, not of, but with COVID-19 yeah. in Canada of those under that age group. So it's a very minimal uh, amount of the population. Sorry, what was that number? Something like 32 I think so it's, I think it, there's, out of there's 36 a, yeah. or 37 million people in the country. Yeah. 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 It's very low. I was looking at it the other day off the top of my head, but it's definitely, uh, I think under 18 sub 100 in total, um, which I, within that window, you'd see similar numbers from something like the flu. So, um, extremely troubling in that, that the Bill Gates echoed that sentiment as well. So not certainly speaking in a turn here. Um, but for that to be forced, mandatory not optional parents can make that decision but fourth or you're excluded there we go here are the numbers so zero to 11 so a big chunk of that five to five to 11 range 25 in total and then that's with that's not of so that could be mm -hmm. instances where there's a lot of comorbidities um and then you cancer you have to brain get, cancer yeah yeah 12 to 19 12 individuals 
Um, you have to get into the sort of late 20s range to start to see any numbers, even within that range, 111 out of our nearly 40 million population. And you can see it, it, it skyrockets from there. Um, but obviously extremely troubling. Fortunately, this is not uh, the government's position. This is a campaign platform. So we're free to discuss it um, as we like, but extremely troubling. And it, it's, it's so shocking just to see, and we'll talk about this Tim Hortons thing in a minute because it ties in closely, but the yeah. willingness from these people who are so tolerant and inviting and inclusive and everyone, we don't want anyone to be left on the margins just how instantaneously they're willing to cast people to the margins, even on something like this. When you look at the statistics, you look at the facts from our government, simply doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They're so happy to exclude, marginalize, and vilify. And you can't help but think that whether it be the, the sort of targeted injunction we see in Calgary, campaign promises like this from the Ontario Liberals, some of the other rhetoric we're seeing out there, Justin Trudeau has just stirred this up so dramatically like this sentiment even the conservative leadership now is like this is insane we need to stop i i feel under Aaron O'Toole, they were basically going along and they wouldn't say anything but now with candace Bergen and and the other candidates coming up jean chatet aside um the the sentiment is well we've we've gone too far we need to sort of backtrack and be sensible um but not the ontario liberals that's that that is such an extreme position. It's definitely cultism. It's not evidence based. It's not science based. It's not what health officials are recommending. Um, but that's their that's their that's their thing now. That's their religion. I want to know who's asking for this, and yeah. can this guy read the room? For example, and the reason I know this is I brought it up. I'm working on a story right now about the demographics of the people who were fired by the federal government. So Justin Trudeau is their employer. And I wanted to know who was, like what kinds of people were fired. Now, I don't care because I think everybody deserves a job and I don't really care if you're a male or a female or what, where you break down on like race and gender and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't think that should have any bearing on your employment, but the federal government thinks it does. So interestingly enough, they gathered up all that information for me. So stay tuned for that story because looking forward um, to it, it. it matches this um, abacus data poll that the typical vaccine hesitant woman is a 42 year old. So like bizarro Sheila. 42-year-old Ontario woman who votes liberal. So the exact opposite of me living in Ontario, voting liberal, same age as me, but I don't know. Maybe she has blonde hair and she's a little heavier. So um, this, these are the people that Stephen Del Duca it, thinks he's appealing to. These are yeah. the people who are vaccine hesitant, who say, I'm not sure I want to give this to my five-year-old. I'm very dancing around this because of YouTube. But the people who are saying this are the people who Stephen Del Duca needs to vote for him. Yeah. Read the room. Has he ever seen yeah. polling data? I don't know who, who I don't know who's running his campaign, but if you want to win as an Ontario liberal, telling 42-year-old moms uh, who normally vote liberal that I'm going to force jab your kids so they can go to school. I don't think that's a winning strategy. No, he's clearly a plant by big homeschooling. Um, 
to get people yeah, out of the school. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clearly a plan from big homeschool. <laughs> it's uh yeah. I, to, just to see this, especially now, like you're there, there is 100% the sort of cultism among people who were very much on board with that. While we were literally seeing health officials, the right across the board from the top, soften their positions, whether it's Fauci, Bill Gates, whoever it may be, Bill Gates, they're, they're sort of softening their positions and saying there may have been an overreaction. They're clear, still clearly saying that, that the vaccine's good and all that, but they're like, well, it, it isn't quite what we thought. We need to move in this direction whatsoever. Um, Pfizer, Moderna, whatever, they're putting out new documents. There's there's this abundance of evidence that isn't from um, off sort of the page websites or internet forums, or this is like the mainstream stuff that we've been referencing that, that the, the health officials have been referencing all along. It's now painting a yep. different picture, and they're starting to change their tune on some of this stuff. The hell, I'm just echoing the sentiments of the health officials now. Um, but the, yep. the people who originally bought in, they're still saying the talking points from a year and a half ago. Like, they haven't at all shifted their opinion with... So I wonder if they're allowed to share their opinions on, on YouTube, even though their opinions don't align with the health. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's... Mm. it's yeah, it's bizarre. And th this guy is like clearly a textbook example where he's echoing a sentiment that no longer aligns with the facts being presented by the government of Canada and by health officials in this country. And yet, yeah, it's he, weird. It's weird because yeah. they're the side of the political spectrum who claim to be open minded. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, they're the ones who always say, you know, my opinion evolved. But their opinions yeah. don't evolve. No. No. At all. Well, it's like the last week I mentioned someone saying to me, listen, you're anti-science, but I don't care which documents you show me. I'm not changing my mind. I'm like, science is looking at evidence to obtain knowledge. That's, <laughs> I'm like, you just defined the counterpoint to science. Well, I'm, yeah. anyways. Um, so, but yeah, this, this, this generally, and let's transition to this Tim Horton story though. Yeah, but please. the sentiment of even on non-scientifically based, not medically advised by health officials basis, excluding people, um, and very much the government's unwillingness to say, oh, well, you can't actually exclude people on this. We've seen governments professing to be pro-freedom, um, but they're like, but businesses can exclude all they want. That's fine. Um, and, yeah. and and this is an example, um, some incredible work actually being done by uh, Tamara on this, uh, the Tim Hortons camp situation. I don't know if you want to break it down or just jump to th this article, um, but uh, a direct reference sure. to her work in the CBC article, actually, or global yeah, CBC. CBC. Yeah. Yeah. Nurse City. Nurse City? I don't know what they do. I think they're based in uh, Ontario somewhere. But uh, Tamara was way out ahead of this. Tim Hortons, Tim's camps. Uh, normally they send underprivileged kids who would never have the opportunity to go to camp in their wildest dreams to have a full summer camp experience. Um, yeah. We know somebody who's gone and they said it was sort of life changing, but you cannot go unless you are fully vaccinated. So Tamara outraged. She is also a mama bear of the company. She, she doesn't like when people tell parents what to do with their kids or with their kids bodies. Um, and so she started a petition called let kids camp um, because they are discriminating against unvaccinated kids. Um, so yeah. some of these kids who would not otherwise, and these are underprivileged kids. So you're discriminating against kids who already have a kind of crappy lot in life to start with. Uh, they don't have plus the opportunity illness. to, yeah, sometimes, 
sometimes plus an illness or they are in inner city or, you know, it's just these kids don't have, a, you know, like if they have a bright future, it's because of opportunities and hard work. They are underprivileged. They're the definition of being underprivileged. And Tim Hortons is discriminating against them, which will ultimately coerce some of them into making a decision yeah. they don't want to make. These, This is a powerful, rich company coercing underprivileged kids by dangling summer camp over their heads. And so Tamara's yeah. mad. She starts a petition called Let Kids Camp, and it picks up steam, and all of a sudden, the internet figures it out. And so there's this article in Our City um, that... Um, you know, makes reference to Tamara, her petition. This is what Tamara wrote. Denying minors the ability to partake in fun activities is cruel and unwarranted. Kids have already missed out on so much. That's true. Last few years have been a nightmare. And Tim Hortons needs to let them camp. And so she's got, as of May 8th, although I don't know what it is now, maybe we can check as you guys are reading through this. Uh, I'll check maybe what Let Kids Camp is at. I think it's 19,823, if that was accurate. Uh, yeah, 19,665 as of right this minute. She wants 25,000 signatures. And then we're going to bring it to Tim Horton's head office. So if you're watching, sign this petition, share mm -hmm. this petition wherever you can. Let's get it up to 25,000 because we're going to take it right to Tim Horton's head office and hand it to him and say, here, here's 25,000 Canadians who disagree with your discrimination and coercion of underprivileged children. It's gross when you say it like that. Um, but that's exactly what's happening. Um, so if you're watching, please sign and share. But right now, it, this is picking up steam. Now it's all over the internet and Twitter that people are now saying, not only am I angry and I want to sign this petition, but I'm going to boycott Tim Hortons until they change their mind because it's one thing to discriminate against adults. It's gross and you should never do it. But underprivileged kids denying them the opportunity of a lifetime, a life-changing opportunity, sickening. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, particularly when you very often look at, um, if you look at some of the demographic considerations, uh, the communities that are sort of vaccine hesitant often are also communities that may fall into these underprivileged categories um, in some of the urban centers. Um, in addition, you're talking about some people with the illnesses. Often there is a medical uh, pre -con uh, existing condition. Sometimes, that, yep. uh, yeah, that precludes someone from being vaccinated because of that medical condition. So you're, you're literally taking people that whether because of sort of communal harms or, or cultural uh, harms that have taken place in the past are vaccine hesitant or because of medical conditions that are preventing them from becoming vaccinated, those communities are being excluded additionally, um, which is certainly not the sentiment of these camps um, by any metric whatsoever. So um, it's good to see, uh, and very often this is the line, we talk about this time and time again but once you cross the line people are less sort of defensive of adults adults can't fly adults are losing their job out there adults they'll figure it out the second you sort of cross that threshold of pushing things on kids or excluding kids or taking away kids childhoods that's when people say enough is enough and you start to see things like this take hold um, set the precedent so uh, very good to see that uh, maternal and paternal instinct kicking in uh, among folks out there who are saying, nope, that's enough. 
and it's time to let the kids camp. Thanks so much to Tamara. This was uh, so important. I, I love our team. It's so incredible. Uh, such a different array of people with different focuses and passions. The mama bears getting on those issues. Uh, it's incredible just across this country. Uh, and, and rather than forming us into these sort of molded, everyone stands there and spits the same thing. Uh, Ezra's so great in that he encourages us to uh, be passionate and follow the stories like journalists used to do. Yep. This is my beat. I'm going to work my beat. I'm going to cover this story. Um, and, and it's so great that we can do that because otherwise this story wouldn't be told. This wouldn't be trending on social media and kids simply wouldn't get to go to camp. So it's having a real impact as well. So kudos to Tamara for the really, really great work. Yeah. I think at one point we mused about calling me the assignment editor, but I'm like, I don't actually assign anything. Everybody mm -hmm. pitches stories to me and then we sort of work collaboratively on how to formulate that idea. I don't I don't like to assign stories to you guys. You guys have things that you're passionate about and you're authentic people and you are more importantly normals. And so what you know what you are passionate about other normals of the world other conservatives of the world, small C yeah. conservatives, you're going to care about those issues too. So we're happy to just let you run free and develop your own beat and talk about the things that you care about, because you can definitely tell when someone writes or talks about things that they don't care about. They just, mm -hmm. it, it, it reads very easily. Speaking about working um, our beats, let's talk pastors. Wait, no, one more thing. One more thing. Cause I would just want yeah. one more thing from this story because for sure the stupider parts of the internet are starting to weigh in on this story yeah. in favor of Tim Horton, because they don't understand what Tim's camps are all about. Um, yeah. The solution is simple. This is Charlene, <laughs> not one of the brightest bulbs on the internet. The solution is simple. No vaccine, no camp. Feel mm -hmm. free to pay for a summer camp that doesn't require vaccinations. These are people who cannot afford a summer camp. Yep. These privileged people, they just don't even care. They're in buy the a Tesla. elite class. Buy a Tesla. Uh, Let them eat cake. Know? Yeah. You know, like, it's just so crazy. Your body, your choice. I wouldn't send my child to a camp that doesn't require vaccinations. My child, my choice. See, yeah. it works. Well, then you can ways. pay for your own camp. And the normals then can go to the camp that camp. allows everybody. Yeah. Yeah. If you, you want go to your the bubble segregatory camp. camp, yes. Yeah. Go to the bubble yeah. wrap camp. Everybody can stand in their social distancing circles and um, flap their hands because clamping is too triggering or whatever they do at these social justice camps. But there are kids out there who aren't as privileged as hers, that they won't yeah. get to go to 50, 50 countries uh, <laughs> by the time they're 15. You know, not yeah. everybody lives that life. And this might be the only opportunity for someone to ever go to summer camp. Just pay for it yourself. Get a Tesla. I want a fact or, checker. What are the 50 countries? Maybe yeah, she confused countries and provinces. <laughs> dying to know. Yeah. Yes, let's move on to Adam's beat. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's. So, I mean, just mere weeks after starting, we saw the sort of international uh, arrest of Pastor Arthur Pawlowski. Um, just last week, I believe, yesterday, day before Pastor Arthur tweeted out, it had been one year since that dramatic arrest took place. Um, extremely shocking stuff, but it wasn't the first and it wasn't the last of the arrests of pastors. Sheila obviously was covering uh, the arrest of Pastor James Coates. We also passed, saw Pastor Tim Stevens, Pastor Peter. Um, just This is just Alberta. We can go beyond Alberta too. Uh, Pastor Derek Reimer, who was again since arrested. But just to look back at what has happened 
over the course of the year um, and to bring people up to date with where they are now. As we very likely know, you've likely seen the uh, my exclusive interview with Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. Um, he's spent over two months in jail in total now. Um, he's been uh, arrested five times, incarcerated three times. His most recent stay, 51 days behind bars. All of this pre-trial custody for crimes he's not yet been convicted of. Crimes with which, if he were convicted of, uh, he would not serve that amount of time. I'm um, extremely time. shocking. Yeah, he wouldn't serve any time. It's tickets. That's the appropriate. I mean, assuming you agree with all of the COVID restrictions, the appropriate, which I, I don't, but the appropriate COVID sanctions would be fines. Um, but that's clearly not what happened. So as you very likely know, he's at home under strict sort of conditions. He's allowed to go to worship and a few other things, but generally um, barred from attending any protests. Um, we also recently saw, very recently, yeah, there's the tweet from Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. Um, his brother, obviously, has been along with him and faced arrests and all that as well. So very problematic stuff. Um, we also very recently saw um, uh, Pastor Tim Stevens. Um, the criminal charges against him were actually dropped entirely. Um, so he is still facing them. This is a wild thing. This is over a year ago. This is how slow the courts are. Um, he's still going to be facing some health uh, violation infractions uh, in the in the future, but those have all been bumped until we have some decisions. I believe it's on the church in the, in the vine uh, case yep. that's going to set some precedent. Um, but uh, the, those charges were dropped. Um, we saw pa Pastor Derek Reimer just recently arrested again, and they actually realized, oh, wait, he didn't actually break the rules we and they let him go immediately and apologized um it's absolutely wild to see what has happened it, before a year ago the suggestion that pastors were being arrested in alberta for gathering for worship would have been laughable even if you talked to people a year ago saying well if someone breaks the rules do you think they should go to jail people would say no give them a ticket or whatever um now those same people yeah. are saying good lock him up um, and yeah. then that's not to mention you, you cover the James codes beat. So what's, uh, what's the yeah. status on that story? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And church in the vine just, I think it was yeah. last week found guilty of three counts and three counts for pastor Tracy of, uh, breaking occupational health and safety rules. They were never charged with um, obstructing or they were charged with obstructing inspectors, but not violating the public health rules. So they obstructed. So they no one has ever said you didn't social distance. You didn't make them wear masks. Yeah. They are facing hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines now. Now, yeah. we through the democracy fund, they are going to appeal the conviction. We're just waiting to find out what their sanctions are um, because yeah. this cannot stand. They tried oh. to enter the church during services and there were points at which they did. They wandered around the Sunday school room when little children were in there. You just can't let strangers off the street they're, wander into a Sunday school. checked by the church. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. have to be police checked by the church. Exactly. Yeah. They tried. To I would not let a cop in. <laughs> no, like when no, I was running, tried... I used to work at a church. Period. I wouldn't let them in because that's not safe. Yeah. And they tried to talk to Pastor Rodney while he was on the pulpit delivering a service. They said they admitted people were praying and singing and worshiping while they were running around like crazy people, writing, taking notes, and saying, "Oh, oh, we've got people praying." Um, within five feet of each other, just gross. But anyways, they're facing hundreds of thousands in, of dollars in fines. Um, last week was the first 
a year of since the province of Alberta seized Grace Life Church. So that was Pastor James Coates' church. James Coates spent 35 days in jail, much of it in solitary confinement, um, for refusing to close his church and to and refusing again to allow RCMP to disrupt his church services. Um, they drove the church underground after they seized the church. They kept the church for 90 days. The congregation went underground. James Coates's um, legal proceedings are still wandering their way through um, the court system. So that's not over. So even though Alberta is open for business, um, they're still they're still going after these churches and pastors when there were yeah. no outbreaks, by the way. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, God. I just remember I was there every day. Yeah. Just the, the best, nicest people just saying, we just want our building. We just want to worship. Why can't they just leave us alone? And this is the, the the wild thing that is just categorically undeniable. I mean, the government of Alberta, Alberta Health Services, are bigoted towards Christians. They Whether it's all of them or some of them, or they were told by a, a member of the government, whatever it may be, um, we it, it was very easy. And they, they, Dina Hinshaw said, oh, well, we, we checked other spots. There wasn't violations. Around Pastor Arthur Pulowski's church, like we've mentioned before, we just drove by other religious organizations, institutions, whatever, temples, mosques, whatever it may be. They were just packed. Like, like uh, it, it yeah. was, uh, I believe there, there was hundreds of shoes at the entrance to a mosque, hundreds of hundreds at a small uh, Islamic center, very small building, hundreds of shoes, plainly visible. And I'm happy they, there was an enforcement against yeah, them. I don't want anyone to face enforcement. But the fact is that they exclusively, selectively, and entirely focused in. Pastor Archer's church was not a big church. They maybe had 50 people gathering. It was probably barely in violation of any COVID-19 restriction uh, measures anyways at the time. But they zeroed in on that because they dared to speak out or when challenged, they wouldn't simply cave or bend the knee. Um, but there was targeted and selected enforcement. We saw it again with this Pastor Derek Reimer thing where uh, there's an injunction randomly being applied. Pro-Palestinian protests, absolutely fine. Pro-freedom protests, not okay. People playing loud music on the street, busking, fine. Pastor preaching, not okay. Uh, the, 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 selected and the selected enforcement that we saw, the one rule for me, the one rule for thee, Jason Kenny floating these rules and just saying sorry, um, and then pastors yeah. not floating to the same extent as that, and not, Jason Kenny couldn't deny that Going he didn't jail. know the rules. Yeah, but he didn't get a ticket. They're his rules. Yeah, they're his yeah. rules. He didn't get a ticket. These pastors who are gathering often in relatively small congregations, uh, selected and targeted and made an example of. It's it's yeah, unbelievable. The, by the to way, see the that. Charter of Rights and Freedoms does not protect the premier's whiskey parties up in no. Sky Palace. They do protect your church services, though. And this is the other thing. If um, we're gonna talk about rule of law, and we heard uh, we've heard the NDP talk about the rule of law. We've heard all these other people talk about the rule of law, um, which, which, given some of the revelations with Casey Madu and his ticket and all that stuff, obviously the rule of law is not that much of a concern. But what is the rule of law is Criminal Code Section 176.2 um, that says a government official cannot interrupt ongoing worship. So uh, healthcare infractions aside, ticketing aside, um, those, those government officials who interrupted worship they could have gone before worship they could have gone after worship in the case of some of these pastors they knew their lawyers they could have sent them notifications saying we need to come do an inspection yeah. or speak to the speak to the pastor about what measures are in place there was a million ways to do this right but they decided 
knowingly to break the law, the law because they felt justified by people like Jason Kenney, by people like Justin Trudeau, that they were above the law and that they could interrupt worship to look around and watch people. Well, you couldn't. Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, one of the big clips that sort of started this and drew a ton of attention to this, when he, he was saying not on the stairs, it's this clip, he says, get out, not during worship, come back any other time. He says that over and over and over, and they simply yeah. aren't listening. The cops there were aiding and abetting the committing of a felony. Like this isn't, and this isn't conspiratorial or dangerous to say, it's just, it's a criminal code offense to violate and interrupt ongoing worship, period. It just is. Yeah, it's the same thing with the Church in the Vine. They tried yeah. to set up a time for the inspector to come back, and they said, we'll walk you through all of our COVID protocols. We'll mm -hmm. show you everything. They even had, I think, their drummer at one point in, like, this aquarium-style, like, plexiglass thing. They had done yeah. what they felt they needed to do that they could comply with that didn't violate religious freedom. They did things mm -hmm. that they thought would not violate their, their active fellowship and worship. So one of the things was, you know, walling off the, the drummer or whatever. But mm -hmm. they tried to set up a time for the inspector to come outside of services. They said, we'll make all the time you need. We'll walk you through everything. You can inspect till you're blue in the face. But that inspector stood them up because they didn't yeah. want to see what their protocols were. They wanted to interrupt worship services. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. I remember the scene of the people uh, ejecting the cops and there was a lot of sort of a discussion online about that. Well, that was very much citizens upholding the law in the country. Uh, there, there's a, they know where pastor are, they know where these pastors live. These pastors aren't hiding themselves. These pastors yeah. are willing to talk to the police when they're asked to show up somewhere. They do. The archer hasn't missed court. He hasn't missed anything. Um, all these other people, none of them are hiding. Pastor James Coates turned himself in. Pastor Tim Stevens says, I'll be at home if you decide to arrest me. Um, none of these people were ever hiding at any point. They said they were willing to meet. I think that's almost universal. Um, the other thing that's that's so interesting and is not at all universal is the types of personalities here. Um, they're, they're, the degree to which measures were implemented at these churches um, ranged from uh, Church in the Vine full compliance almost virtually to, to the extent yeah. it could. Um, other churches had masking, some had do whatever you want, we don't exclude anybody, but there was the full range. And then the pastors are from the full range of personalities. They're you have sort of more different. liberal to more very traditional. Um, the, the exclusive unifying factor among all these people is they're Christians. It's the exclusive yep. uni unifying factor among people who are targeted by the government of Alberta um, under this enforcement. And uh, I, there's going to be repercussions from that in the long term when this whole thing plays out, because the case is extremely self-evident um, that, that that is what was going on and that they turned a blind eye uh, when, when there's other instances of violations. Um, I think it's absurd at this point in time, after a year has passed, more than a year now um, for many of these instances, um, that there hasn't been a blanket, we overreacted, we're dropping charges. Now, we, you do, you are starting to see some of these instances um, where they're, they're starting to do that gradually. 
My hope is the courts and the government of Alberta are trying to get out of this without too much egg on their face and play hardball, delay things in courts, and gradually things will go away. But that doesn't accommodate for a church being barred. Pastor Tim Stevens' church was also barred. They were forced underground. Grace Life, a fence was thrown up. Pastors spent time behind bars, away from their congregations, uh, away from their families. Um, I don't even think dropping everything makes amends for what has been done. There has to be uh, sort of further corrections and there has to be safeguards so that this can't happen again in the future. Just like that, uh, something unthinkable a year and a half ago is now relatively the norm in Alberta. Yeah, you're right to point out that they're all so different. It, what, it had nothing to do with the style of the pastor, the confrontational nature of the pastor, because they all walked into their problems with the government very differently you've got tim stevens he's your your bookish theologian you've got um street evangelizers like derek um we've got our berean types like grace life we've got charismatic evangelicals like um our friends at grace life um and we've got you know firebrand preachers like pastor art they all walked differently into their confrontation with the government, but it was always the same outcome that the government yeah. just smashed them because they didn't yeah. obey. Um, and I, that's why I think it's so ridiculous that now Jason Kenney um, yeah. wants intervener status in this legal challenge against Justin Trudeau's Emergencies Act. He emergency acted our churches before it was cool and acceptable. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was seizing yeah. church property the same way they were seizing trucks and bank accounts. Yeah. If you were the federal government. So, you know, sorry, but what? Excuse me, what? You seized the church property at Grace Life, fenced it off. That's not any different than Justin Trudeau seizing people's bank accounts. It's it's worse because there's the religious element as well. Sure. Like yeah, it's definitely. it's it's shocking and dark and what we're having here we're, we're seeing this from the get-go and it's happening in the conservative leadership as well um the conservatives federally at least are willing to be more overtly pro-freedom protest and they'll say uh we weren't now. in favor of the illegal blockade now. but um yeah now now it's a new development <laughs> but what people it's popular to be arbitrarily and generically pro-freedom and anti-trudeau um but it, it, they don't want to risk actually seeming overtly pro-freedom because you might get pegged a certain way by the state-funded media that should be defunded. So this is the tightrope that they are trying to walk. And unfortunately, that's what happens. You have this leadership race. Kenny's trying to win again. Um, the Aaron O'Toole, Kenny is doing what Aaron O'Toole failed at, which is attempting to walk a tightrope, staying on the fence, trying not to go down anywhere. He's like, it'll, it'll resonate well among those who are maybe on the fence that I'm challenging the government on the lockdowns. Um, but I don't, I'm not actually going to revert to the massive mistakes my own government has made in clamping down pastors in any way, shape or form, which is the tangible action he could and should take. Uh, in order to rectify this, if not for the sake of uh, for winning votes, for the sake of his just yeah. dignity as a person, someone who his entire federal career was advocating for religious freedoms, um, entered provincial politics and trampled them like no one in the history of Alberta. Yeah, he used really. to be. No, it's true. I mean, he's he surpassed Aberhart um, when Aberhart made the Edmonton Journal published the government's rebuttals to their critical columns um, yeah. 
we've gone way past that. Um, I, I think Jason Kenny, who used to be a leader, like he used to be, you know, so he used to sort of set the direction of where things would go when he was an MP. But now it's very clear he's like a windsock a little bit where he sees, okay, well, Pierre Polyev is highly popular right now with conservatives. And he's saying these things and he's against the Emergencies Act. So I'm going to follow that too and see if my popularity upticks too. The problem is we're not all hard of remembering. My yeah. like my Google Photos memories, you know, like you get your Google Photos memories and it's like a year ago today. And I'm like, oh, a year ago today, I was getting a 6 a.m. text message from my friend Devin who told me, Sheila, our security cameras show that Grace Life is being locked up. There are people away. So um, that's the problem Jason Kenny has is that this is very recent history and people don't forget. Well, and it's, it's also the, just... Uh... I think perhaps when he wasn't the guy in charge, it was easier to be principled because you might get the odd activist CBC journalist yeah, and you're like, tossing oh, Harper, something Harper your Harper way. <laughs> yeah, Harper did it. Uh, but then when you take the lead and you're the person catching the flack, um, it, it, it can be easier to fall. Uh, or, or if even, let's let's assume the very best. He's, he's dealing with a lot of pressures and the decision falls to his shoulders and with all the pressure he caves to it but i mean listen just like I, listen to your heart man uh stop like the, the, this is not jason kenny of 20 years of federal politics this is not i mean maybe it is with some of the stuff we're seeing uh with with some of this election stuff but uh this is not the Jason Kenny that people voted for. This is not who they thought Jason Kenny was when they wanted leadership. I understand you have got yourself into a little bit of a mess. And if you come back and say, listen, the government was pressuring people to go after these pastors and set an example, which uh, Tyler Shandro denied, the government's denied, but that seemed to be a very strong suggestion for a long time. But it, come out and rectify those wrongs. You could have done it off the get-go, but the thing is, is you got caught up in it and it just snowballed. Lies tend to snowball. So now it's this yeah. giant situation that it's that it, it, you're going to end up with some egg on your face. But with the way the things are looking in the leadership, with the way things are looking in the provincial election clearly this tightrope walking Aaron O'Toole style follow the polls politics isn't working um, if you want to continue to lead this province it may be time to show some character have some principles and come out and say something that maybe your pollsters would say is a mistake maybe uh, your advisors would advise against and say listen uh, we actually we went back through and we found out that MP MLAs were enacting and selecting uh, examples to be made. That's fundamentally wrong. So we're going to be intervening on behalf of these pastors um, because we clearly saw that there was some interference. Whatever it may be, I'm not saying that that's the case entirely, but clearly it's apparently abundant to the entire world that was watching that something is uh, something is rotten in the province of Alberta under Jason Kenney, uh, and he needs to fix that. But the other question, and this is another question about Jason Kenney as a leader in principle, um, in 2017, did he rig that leadership? And most recently now, um, there's allegations that something like 4,000, by uh, Vitor Marciano made these allegations with the Brian Jean campaign, something like 4,000 new Take memberships. That with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, 4,000 new memberships were purchased. Um, 
under i think it was six six credit cards yeah, yeah. six credit cards purchased four thousand memberships most recently so while the rcmp is investigating the the 2017 i believe it was leadership race for questionable things we're seeing a whole bunch of sales and memberships being purchased the other thing that that i'm hearing from lots of people out there is in order to vote for this leadership review um you have to it's by mail only and you have to send a copy of your identification now many people aren't comfortable sending a copy of their identification so the sentiment there is kenny's people are saying listen lots of people who would vote to get us out of here aren't comfortable mailing their id because they're freedom oriented they're a little untrustworthy of mail voting um there's a whole the bunch surveillance of surveillance states yeah. yeah exactly they don't want their copies of their ids out there everywhere which i mean for me the government has the ids they create them but regardless also, they don't want that what about the anonymity of a vote this violence yeah, exactly. that your vote is anonymous yeah yeah exactly so but the sentiment there is that in addition to these new memberships and everything they're going to encourage their folks to make sure to vote even if they're a little bit uncomfortable while other people are being on on so many of these fronts it'll be interesting to see what the rcmp comes up with but it seems like things are not necessarily illegal but definitely untoward like there's there's questions around so much of this and how much of that is the jason kenny we thought we knew from federal politics there's smoke screen how much of it is as the leader he's changed as a person um it, it all remains to be seen but i don't know when we're going to get answers on the questions of these pastors it's been over a year so much of it has not yet been heard in court so many of these pastors are still facing the legal fights of their life um, on that note, if folks out there want to help by by the admission, I, I've worked most closely on the Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky case, but Pastor Derek Reimer was a fight the fines uh, recidivist. So many of these people could not take on the government and afford these massive legal bills, which sometimes surpass these big legal fines. When you hear $100,000 for a fine, sometimes the legal bills on these cases are more than that. They couldn't fight the government. These are uh, pastors who are feeding feeding the homeless, running street missions, uh, welcoming people into their church without excluding anybody. Um, they could not afford to fight these battles. The only reason that they can is because of your donations to the Democracy Fund. Um, you can continue to make donations and support these efforts at SaveArthur.com or I believe FightTheFines.com. Uh, those donations are tax receipt eligible but those help pay for lawyers that fight back against the government, set this important precedent, and like we said, ensure that this can't just happen in the future. We need that precedent on the books to say, no, enough is enough. Uh, 30,000 people have donated to the legal efforts for this, which is absolutely incredible. Wow. But we are looking at years like this is this yeah. is it just keeps getting extended, extended, extended. Pastor Arthur at home virtually and new under house arrest. all the time. Yeah, new nonstop. New all the time. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. of this ultimately stemming from this this initial. Uh, very often too, we saw we'll see the charges they lay fall off or be expunged, or for example, the pastor Tim Stevens. They never served him notice. They served another guy with a beard. The court order not even knowing who Tim Stevens was. And then they arrested yeah. him and then they had to let him go because they got the wrong guy. Um, the, the amount of times that they, they'll, they'll have a charge and then they'll drop it. They'll come up with another charge or as court is proceeding and charges are unfolding, they add new charges right as they're granted bail or on old charges. It's absolutely uh, chaotic. It's, it's wild to see. So um, yeah, but a year, I can't believe it's been a year, more than a year uh, of this going on in Alberta. It needs to end. 
it never ends. Um, no. And, you know, like I, I noticed the other day, they're like, oh, we, the, the flu is back. It was never gone. But they're like, oh, the flu is back and people are in the hospital for the flu. I'm like, ah, we're already saber rattling for the next lockdown. That's wonderful. Now, we should, because it's in the headline, get yeah. to Trudeau's trip to Ukraine. And yeah. um, I thought it was interesting that Canadians cannot fly. Canadians cannot travel. Um, they have still fully imposed vaccine mandates on the public sector and all and you know, very rarely am I sympathetic to government employees, but I am more and more these days. Um, and on federally regulated industries, thousands upon thousands of people have lost their jobs. They're basically locked inside of their own prison country. And yet Justin Trudeau flies to, and Justin Trudeau, who wears a mask in the House of Commons, he flies to the other side of the world over to Kiev and he is there, maskless, no social distancing, in one of the least vaccinated countries in the entire world, which I'm fine with, if not for the imposition of all these other things on Canadians when he's back home. Yeah. And you know, uh, also, uh, also, I noticed he took his child to a war zone, but we'll we'll show that picture later. Uh, let's. Uh, I think we have a clip here. Maybe not. I don't know. Go ahead, Adam. I was just gonna say, like that. When a couple of truckers roll in to Ottawa, he suddenly comes down with COVID symptoms or takes a vacation day or whatever it may be, um, and he flees the bouncy house utopia that is uh, the, <laughs> that is these freedom pro. Like literally, when you're down at Milk River, people are handing you brisket. There's yeah. there's bouncy houses. There's drinks. Everyone's taking care a of. Um, it's like a it, it's like a weird commune. It's like what socialists talk about but can never achieve. Um, everyone's taking right. care of each other. Um, there, there are a few people there with wealth, or they just kind of take care of that. You know what I mean? Everything is everything's kind of managed and and utopic, but very peaceful we've had we've heard dr lesson lewis roman babber pierre polyevra dr lesson lewis said as like a a woman of color walking down the street in the midst of these people everyone was friendly and lovely so yeah. an extremely peaceful circumstance um that that merits fleeing to the countryside but then you can bring your own despite the fact that unvaccinated canadians can't fly within the country while everyone no else in the whole world can fly yeah no masks whatsoever i believe uh, ukraine has a very low vaccination rate as well um but he has to flee Ottawa because of some truckers, but then he can go into this war zone that's actively being invaded by Russia, by Putin, and he brings his, his Remember kid. they called in the social services. They called social services because there were kids in the truckers' convoy, I guess, enjoying the bouncy castles, playing street yeah. hockey, enjoying the street concerts, and helping learn about being civic-minded by feeding the homeless yeah. and picking up garbage and all those things. That required a social services call um, and threats to take away somebody else's kid. Mm -hmm. But because I guess truckers can't be good parents blue collar yeah. people can't be good parents but trudeau has taken his child yeah. literally to a war zone and uh apparently a, a a place that has you know low vaccination rates and yet he's prattling on about how all the kids have to be vaccinated for the safety of their kids and this is a a war that we're going to fight here at home and he took his kid to a war zone what on yeah. earth yeah call social services like I should. <laughs> yeah, we should report him. Sure yeah, I, is, I this guy took his kid to a war zone, and I'm sure he smokes drugs in front of his kid. Yeah. I'm sure he smokes pot in front of his kid. I'm yeah. sure. 
Well, uh, how often have we seen Justin Trudeau on these idyllic, utopic family vacation scenarios, like Tofino, whatever, and he's alone. And then the one time he brings his kid anywhere with him, it's a war zone. To a nuclear theater. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, a powder keg. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know what, what, what are you thinking of doing this summer? Well, we could go to the Alps, uh, the Alps or we could visit the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> I think he's in town for uh, for something. There's yeah. some political tensions, but don't worry about it. It's probably yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Wild stuff. Uh, yeah, just, just the latest in the uh, political theater. The, the other thing, too, is just they're, they're saying how horribly dangerous it is, and it's completely unsafe, and Canada needs to get them more guns because this is we need to give them all these weapons, and we need to get involved in this war. So if all, sure, let's, uh, let's accept all that. Don't take your kid there. Yeah. It's your own, like... Do you not believe, like, are you trying to get your kid injured or do you not believe what you're telling people? It's, it's one of the, you know what I mean? Which of those two is is crazy. Mother to mother, Sophie Trudeau, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know, and I'm not one who bubble wraps her kids. You know, my kids shoot, they hunt, they dirt bike. Um, You know, like my kids, I, I don't bubble wrap them at all. But that's a nuclear theater. You are Would over you there. Would you take promise- your kids to the Ukraine or to Ukraine right now? Not right now, but on a, like yeah. any other time for sure. Yes. Yeah, but not right now. Not right <laughs> not now. This minute, not, not this yeah. exact minute. Um, yeah. You know, we're talking about the humanitarian crisis, especially for children that's unfolding in Ukraine, but also outside Ukraine in Poland, you know. So, and I think it just optically, it reads ugly that you are taking your privileged little son to this war zone on like war tourism while other kids are suffering. He Mm. read the article about the lady whose son has been to 50 countries and he couldn't be outshone. So he immediately, he got, he, yeah, he was, he was watching and he was like, okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. To the challenger young man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we've got a whole pile of chats. Thanks for digging yes. that up, Olivia, because I kind of sort of threw that on you uh, last minute. Let's get through these chats because we're well after 11.05 here, and I know you're busy and I'm busy, and I continue to be a bottleneck of, for the content at the company, so I want to address that today. Trini Canadian writes, Happy Mother's Day, Sheila. Well, thank you very much. This is how satanic these people are. Um on the West Block, the very own MP of Children's Services was advocating for more abortion access. It's just d- demonic that want to kill babies. Um, it, it's like these people didn't even read the judgment or, uh, you know, the potential judgment um, yeah. of the Supreme Court in the United States that it will not change anything in liberal states where they yeah. have abortion on demand literally all over the place, especially in. <laughs> but especially in minority neighborhoods, um, yeah. that's not going to change. It might even get worse. Um, yeah. it, it just throws the issue back to the state. So liberal states are going to stay liberal and conservative states are going to get to be conservative in yeah. their policies around the right to life. And that's the part they can't stand. They can't stand that lib- that conservative people are going to get to make the same choices in their government that liberal people are going to get. Yeah. And that's where it falls down. And that's why they don't want you to know the truth where they're like, we're going to ha- be like a, what did they say? Like an, an abortion uh, tourist 
area. That's what they want for Canada. They're like, yeah. oh, if you can't get an abortion in, in I don't know, upstate New York, I feel like that would be pretty easy. You can just come up to Quebec. And you know, I don't want to pay the, for I don't want to pay for a Canadian abortion, let alone yeah. an American one. The wild thing too here that blows my mind is this: uh, the NDP in Alberta, I believe it was Janice Irwin. Uh, brought forward an amendment to the bereavement leave. And I'm very, Tom, MP Tom Kimmich right. um, and a bunch of other people have done this incredible work about um, like like extended leaves, bereavement leave. I'm very much all about acknowledging the dignity of the, the and the loss, the difficult. Um, very often for mothers out there who have suffered miscarriages. Um, by the way, to those moms, those are your babies and happy Mother's Day for those as well. Um, but there's a general sentiment within society um, that does not understand. I've spoken to many mothers who, after miscarriage you comfort them and console them and they say most people simply don't understand that that's the loss of a child because it is the loss of a child and it's absolutely heartbreaking well uh, Janice Arun and the NDP uh, obviously echo that sentiment because they've uh, they've they've emphasized and encouraged this but they also want to add uh, selective abortions abortions so someone who voluntarily goes for whatever reason and gets an abortion they want them to receive the same bereavement leave to mourn the loss of a child. Within that argument, they're acknowledging that it's a human life and a baby's been lost and bereavement is needed. But in that case, they're actively creating the death. So I I don't understand how someone can look at that and not become at least somewhat pro-life. Because you're like, well, yeah, it says that on a fundamental value, they know it's a baby, they don't care, but they just want to get more for the mom anyways. It's it's shocking. It's at, when I read that I was in an absolute state of disbelief because wh- what are you saying if you're saying bereavement for the baby that died? You're saying you're acknowledging a baby died, which is what for the baby the that you terminated, for, yeah, the baby that you terminated, yeah. And this isn't exclusively for under significant or under designated medical circumstances or uh, under those tough right. situations that people often raise. This is bereavement leave to mourn the loss of your child for all abortions, the vast majority of which are just elective. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when I read it. Yeah. And you know what? It's not even about, for them, I don't think it even is about bereavement. They just want paid days off work. Yeah, I actually think for that's this. the case because... And they're like, how can we do this? Yeah, well, we can just, we can just. How do we get paid days off work? Yeah. Ugh, gross. It Uh, undermines the whole notion of bereavement, but yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Adam Ottawa says, uh, he gives us a buck and says, as a gay man, I'm now in the minority of the LGBT movement. I actually think you are in the majority. I think it's the loud activists that suck up all the oxygen. I I think, unfortunately, those people get all the airtime and coverage but I probably think you are in the large, silent uh, majority, overwhelmed by the madness. Despite the L and the G fight for gay rights in the 80s and 90s, it's no longer good enough. Our voices are lost over this non-binary fluidity BS. I agree with you 100%, but I just don't think that you are the minority. I think you are the majority. Well, it it was interesting, just going back to Pastor Arthur, I remember one day a lady came um, and she, we actually did a a long interview. I need to go back to it and share it at some point, but she was sort of an original member of the uh, gay rights movement. I remember that. Um, Yeah. And she was talking about 
sort of inclusivity and love and diversity. And she actually had a long talk with Pastor Arthur Pawlowski. And obviously, they don't they don't agree with things uh, on some fundamental levels, but there was a sort of mutual respect and amicability. And she was speaking about the counter protesters, and she said they have no right to wave that rainbow flag because that symbol, that flag, was a symbol for inclusivity and tolerance and acceptance. And they've turned it into this symbol of oppression and control and totalitarianism. So controlling I think, the opposite. Yeah. yeah. And I think if you believe the media, there's a, definitely a mainstream media, even within the LGBTQ movement, uh, they would have you believe you're on the margins, but it is very much the small percent echoing the yep. sentiment to the majority who probably aren't in line with it. Again, I'm not a member of the community. I can't really speak to it, but I know lots of people have echoed. I've heard more people echo that sentiment to me that they feel they're on the outside. Well, if, if all of you feel that way, maybe you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Trini Canadian says the left has gone really radical, crazy, and people need to start waking up. I think they are. I think people are waking up. I think this is yeah. the year where people are sort of realizing the TV lies to you. The politicians yeah. refuse to change their minds. Um, you yeah. know, there because especially because of the pandemic, because so many people have lived through parts of the pandemic, medically speaking. And I'm, yeah. again, I'm doing the whole, like, I'm tap dancing. I'm Fred Astaire around the issue right here so we mm -hmm. can stay on YouTube. But um, because people have experiences that fly in the face of the COVID narrative, and yeah. uh, it's really falling apart, I think. And people's trust in the media has declined. I think that's why the truckers movement happened is because yeah. everything failed. So they're like, you know what, we'll just do it ourselves. Yeah. Well, and I think that this... Uh... The, if you look, you can look at, for example, like let's say, let's say the, the conservative leadership. Whether the conservative leadership is suddenly principled or it's just a windsock, doesn't really matter because either way, it indicates the trend in society, the way the wind is blowing. So either they're they've they've reapproached their conservative principles, or uh, other than Jean Charest, they're just tapping into what's popular to say right now. But either way, it indicates the way that the wind is blowing and that changes potentially on the horizon. Yep. Uh, G Melinda 60 gives us five bucks and says, I'm a Texan. Well, aren't you lucky? Uh, I'm nearly 60. My mother died when I was six. My father filled in up until his mid seventies. I would travel to his church on mother's day and for father's day, those days rocked. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't about like, you just recognize that there were people in different circumstances than you. And that was okay. That was fine. You didn't need to make this day that everybody else celebrates all about yourself and how your circumstances were different. I think that's unfair. Uh, Trini Canadian gives us a buck. This is so hypocritical of the liberal leader. One hand, he forces kids to get the jab, but his podium sign says, it's your choice. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, HCTKBT HCT gives us five bucks. I've seen cyclists. I saw this the other day too. Without helmets but masks, what is their greatest risk? COVID or brain injuries from a fall? I used to feel sorry for them, but now realize they're just not too smart. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yep. Uh, GGCT gives us five bucks regarding Timmy's. I've tried to find evidence on their website of the VAX requirement. Can a link be provided to show proof of this? I've already heard people say, show me the proof besides just a news story. In Tamara's video, she shows you the email that was sent out to parents of children or um, 
you know, guardians or caregivers of children, because sometimes they don't have parents in the picture, that was sent out to the guardians of kids who were going to camp. And you can see it for yourself. She shows it because um, we don't want you to take our word for it. We want to show you. It's it's in her story. Go look for yourself. Uh, of course, they're not going to put this on their um, website. Of course, they're not, especially on Tim Hortons, because it's on the Tim Hortons Foundation side. Um, but the Tim Hortons Foundation is sort of fed in by Tim Hortons, the company. So, yeah, it's in her video. You can see it was sent confidentially. Tamara knows the parent or the guardian. It was sent confidentially to her. So she has it. We've got the, all the information, uh, identifying information redacted, but it's there in her, in her video. Dotting I's, crossing T's, good journalism. Good job, Tamara. Yep, always reach out to the other side too. Uh, GGCT, um, I have boycotted and signed the petition as they are also requiring full vax from their employees. I did not know that. They also make their employees wear masks. I don't like, I just don't like that. Um, a choice is key. We must stand for no discrimination. Thank you, Rebel. For Mula76, because it's four bucks. I won't boycott Timmy's, but I signed the petition. Well, thanks. I will boycott donating to Tim Horton's camp program. I love the steep tea chili and the very friendly staff at my local small town, Tim Horton's. Sometimes that's the thing. You like the franchisee, you hate the corporation. So, you know, that's a judgment. I, I did my three years at Tim's, so. Did you? <laughs> yeah, in high school. Whenever oh, else was good. partying on the weekends, Saturdays, Sundays, I, I crushed my, my Tim's. Yeah, yeah. It's home. Adam, it we're home. so much it alike. Well, all my know, right? all my friends are out partying, and I was just working, just yeah. working, and then they like languished through their twenties, and I've been a grown up since I was a kid. Um, yeah. Do you think gives us five bucks? Any updates on the Rolling Thunder demo? What's your take? We've got more videos coming out today, even um that were filmed we just filmed so many videos and we did so much work from rolling thunder rolling thunder was uh i i was peaceful they didn't overstay their welcome um the locals overreacted the police overreacted and now they're crying about the bill associated with it but nobody told you to bring in all the police from all over the province to deal with a few bikes riding through we really wanted them to be bad to justify our absurd expenditures well, and they really tried to incite them to be bad, yeah. but they didn't take the bait. So that was great. No. Trini Canadian gives us a buck. Justin Trudeau does not think, I honestly think he and the left have rocks and marbles in their head. Hey, don't uh, talk Jay about John rocks and marbles like that. <laughs> yeah, that's rude. Uh, Jay Johnson, 66, 666. One buck. I'm interested in a little history of why Christian churches are being harmed. Why no other churches? Do you foresee any harm coming in the future to Christians, but no other churches? Well, I would take a biblical viewpoint of this, that this has been promised from the very beginning that um, people who believe in Christ, they will be persecuted for that belief. And so also Pastor James Coates said something very um, profound about this. He said it to me a couple of times, but he also said it in his last sermon before he was taken off to jail in that um, persecution, it it is a consequence of your faith in Christ. So you just have to lean into it. Um, and whether or not you are being persecuted, it really doesn't matter. It shouldn't change your behavior. It shouldn't change your obedience to Christ. You shouldn't obey God only in the face of persecution. It should be something that always happens. And if persecution happens, then whatever, 
you just keep doing what you do and you can't control what's coming your way. Um, so for me, Christians are always going to be harmed. It's ha it happens around the world. It continues to happen around the world. Christians every year are the most persecuted religion on the face of the earth. A Christian genocide unfolded in the Nineveh Plain sort of in 2014, um, 2015. Um, they will always be persecuted for their faith. It's just how it is. And as a Christian, it, it's the promise of our faith um, that while we are on earth, that is what we will face. If you were of this world, uh, they would love you, but you're not. Uh, Jesus makes clear that they that they hated him first, um, and that's that's sort of part of the deal. But I do think that whether it be official government uh, agents issuing orders, whether that be elected officials or health bureaucrats, whatever it may be, or just individuals, these health uh, officials having personal biases against Christianity. Um, I, I think it's impossible to not to deny what we have witnessed, um, but it's impossible to deny that it was promised and uh, the, that infallible document tends to get it right. So there you have yeah, it. it. It's also built into the belief system in that outside of a biblical take on it that, you know, we were promised this. So, of course, naturally, we're going to experience it. But it's also built into the worldview and the belief system. Um, again, you hear this from James Coates and Tim Stevens that, sure, Christians are called to be obedient to the government, render unto Caesars that which is Caesars, except insofar as Caesar overreaches in, in that Christians are called to be obedient to the government because generally government rules stem from the Ten Commandments, you know, theft, murder, all those things are sort of built into there. But Christians are also called to be obedient to God's law when God's law conflicts with that of the state. So that's why you will always see a state crackdown on Christians when Christians end up in conflict with the government. They always choose God, always, or at least orthodox, small o orthodox Christians. They will, they are required to choose God. So that's why you see it's Christian churches that were being disobedient is because when we are told it's there in black and white, it's in the pages of the Bible. When you come in conflict with the government, examine the conflict with the government. If it doesn't comply with God's laws, then you have to choose God. And so that's why you're seeing this crackdown on Christian churches. Thank you for my for coming to my TED talk. Um, another Zane <laughs> gives us five bucks. <laughs> I'm late to the party and this is way off topic, but where can I get a t-shirt like Adam's? Thank you, Rebel News. Adam? You go to get this t-shirt and the half vase. Um, rebelnewsstore.com. Um, so as always, you can go there. And if it is in fact your first time ordering, you can use the code ADAM10 and get 10% off your order. Um, if not, use the code SHEILA10 and get, uh, yep. get off your order. So this much is incredible my favorite. Stuff. Look yeah. at this one in front of trucks too. I love that. Yeah, it's so good. I love too the the other shirt I wear often, the Freedom Isn't Free shirt. There's now a version with trucks, um, but there's some absolutely incredible stuff there. Just the inflation. Is, yeah, I'm a total snob with like shirts. Like I don't like cheap quality shirts. These are sort of heavy, 
they're, they're a bit slimmer cut. Um, they're, they're good quality cotton. They last really well. We, I wear them. I just wear work shirts all the time. There's the VHFA shirts. Uh, but the nice thing with this too, is you're, you're grabbing a shirt. You're going to get that 10% off. I think it's free global shipping over a hundred or is this free global shipping now? It's just free global shipping, free global shipping. There you go. But you're not just getting a cool shirt. I identify as non-bidendary. Um, you're supporting our journalism. We don't steal your money through. Uh, if you knew how much of your money actually goes to the CBC, you'd be very upset. Um, they take so much of your money instead we're like hey if you like our work grab yourself a sweet shirt and yeah it gives us a couple bucks to keep the lights on so we can keep doing work like this so yeah rebelnewsstore.com check it out something for everyone and it is always changing we're always adding new designs there sort of yeah. timely newsy designs trucker stuff pastor stuff biden stuff world economic forum stuff which is coming up very soon the annual meeting of the cabal um <laughs> coven i suppose is uh, <laughs> is uh meeting very soon so yeah there's lots of great stuff there and as adam points out it you can use his coupon code adam 10 or sheila 10 if you've already used that um and it's 10 percent off your whole order so if you are going to use it you only get to use it once so load up your cart and we yeah. don't charge you any extra no matter the hoodies what you, are the best they are the best they wash oh, great I, yeah they don't fade yeah. It's great. Yeah. I'm a connoisseur of fine T-shirts. Also, this yes. uh, misunderstood. This is also yes. uh, Cat and Nat's show. This is that they have a crew neck, which I I really like. And uh, when I saw them over the weekend, they gave me one of their wonderful sweatshirts. So that's also they have the sweat. definition of female on a shirt, which is so good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good shirts. Yeah. I gotta get one. Good shirts. Cat yeah. Nat, send me a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Aaron J. Arcand gives us a buck. I wonder if the pro-abortion people who say my body, my choice feel the same way about the COVID vaccine. I don't know if you saw the video that we, we sent our New York based reporter, sort of a part-timer with us. We, and she is, I think pro-choice and we sent her to one of these like pro-abortion rallies and, uh, she went through the crowd and she said, you know, like, how do you feel about, you know, what's, uh, how do you feel about your misunderstanding about Roe v. Wade, basically? <laughs> and she asked them that question and they're like, oh yeah, my body, my choice. And then she came back through the crowd and asked them about vaccine mandates. And boy, they sure didn't believe the same thing anymore. That old mantra, or as David Menzies says, the old chestnut of my body, my choice. They sure didn't feel that anymore. It's weird. Not not to mention, I mean, here's another question. You don't need a uterus to have to be a woman, and only women are allowed a, an opinion on abortion. So what? what's, who, um, does that mean I am or not? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, well, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll ask them. I'll ask them next yeah. uh, next Sunday. Yeah, good luck to you. You're going to get yeah. um, assaulted 100%. Um, because people who are perfectly fine with chopping fully formed human beings into pieces and then sucking them into a sink. Oh, they don't have a problem assaulting a fully grown man. <laughs> they don't. So let's I'm make sure you have security though. for that. We'll have a nice conversation. Nice. I don't know. I don't know. You'll be walking around with your rosary in your pocket and it'll incite the demonic into activity. True. Just make sure you brush up on your Latin before you go, Adam. That's all I have I to say. The devil hates Latin. Um, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, people are always like, Sheila, how, what, how do you, how can you say my body, my choice when you're a 
you you know, like you're a pro-life woman and I just, I'm very easily make the distinction between what is my body and what is the little human being's body inside of me. I, I don't have a problem reconciling the two. The left says it's all their body. Okay, well, great. Now do vaccines. Okay, let's keep going. Anyways, yes, Adam, get download Audible or not Audible, uh, Duolingo, brush up on your Latin. I think you're going to need it. Exum, uh, we're okay. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Aaron J. Arcand gives us a buck. I wonder if the pro-abortion... Oh, okay, sorry, we just read that one. And Trini Canadian again says, one quote to leave with, the Constitution is governed by law. It is not governed by man. Okay, I think we're all wrapped up. Holy, sm holy smokes, we went uh, 27 minutes over time. Fine. It's great. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody fine. else had anything else to no, do in no. the studio. And you, you're not busy. I'm, I got nothing no. to do. Um, I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in. Adam, thanks so much for taking this wild ride with me. Um, thank you, everybody in the office in Toronto for broadcasting the show and everybody who works behind the scenes to make sure that you can find the show beloved viewers thank you so much to everybody who pitched in to keep the lights on here at rebel news we know you have lots of places where you could spend your money and a little bit less of it left in your pocket thanks to just inflation so we appreciate you making the choice to spend it with us and as david menzies always says stay sane on this anniversary of victory day in europe Standing strong against Putin's illegal war and in defense of democracy, human rights and international law is as important as it ever has been. We will continue together to impose severe sanctions, eliminate the dependency on Russian energy and fight disinformation 